When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Deeply Graphic Design Cast, the show about all things design, from the creative side to the business side and all points in between. Follow the show on Twitter at Wes McDowell. Want the gang to answer your question on an upcoming episode? Send in your listener question to questions at thedeependdesign.com or via Twitter using hashtag DGDC. Here are your hosts. Wes McDowell in Chicago. Mikhail Morrison in Seattle. Nick Longo in Los Angeles. All right. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Deeply Graphic Design Cast. Uh, we want to thank everyone for continuing to listen to uh, – we've made it to 130 episodes, you guys. Um, Damn. If we were a person and those were years, we'd be long gone <laughs> yeah. by now. <laughs> so, I, yeah, I mean, we started this a while back. Can't believe we've made it this far, but we can uh, we can only thank you guys and for, for sure. continuing to listen and telling friends and uh, helping us catch on, like, like, if not wildfire, at least like a – a kindling in the woods, you know. <laughs> Only you can start forest fires. There's our new tagline. Yeah. Like a kindling in a woods. <laughs> yeah. So thank you guys for doing that. And, you thank know, you. we love yeah, the five-star reviews, everybody. of course. And we love when you tell a friend. We count on that. No mm-hmm. ad budget here. So, um, yeah. So what have you guys been up to? Anything good, exciting? Oh, have you? Hey, have you guys started wow. watching that abstract on Netflix yet? Not well, yet. Yeah. I can't I bring haven't. myself to yet. I know I should see it. I just the graphic design one yet. is a, a really nice one, and just started oh, it actually to today. Um, and I'm going to start showing it in class when I feel needed because it's a really good one on typography. And I think it's mm. um, it's a kind of that lost kind of art with the way we produce so much on computer now. Um, this this whole it's only about there. This one's only 39 minutes, so I'm, I'm assuming all of them are not. They're not long documentaries. There's about 12 or so that it looks like it launched with. And um, yeah. they really get into the whole idea of design. And what's neat is I'm hearing from cool. people that aren't even designers who are seeing this and going, I totally get and appreciate your world now. You know, this is right. It's finally nice that we get some recognition, That's you know, cute. in this document, <laughs> documentary uh, kind of way, you know? Yeah. So I really, I really recommend it. Hopefully others are, are watching it. And uh, I'd love to hear if anybody else has caught this one. It's really good. Yeah, definitely need to watch it. Mm-hmm. We should. Pro- I was thinking about we should like have an episode about it, but I'm like, eh, it's like eight episodes. I don't know that I can commit to that. <laughs> right now, but, yeah, yeah. But um, it's a good thought, but some, yeah, but um, something else that I've been kind of ingesting lately is you know everyone's listening. You obviously like podcasts because you're mm-hmm. listening to this. But have you guys heard uh, "Missing Richard Simmons"? Oh, I was glued. Yes. Yeah, we've yeah. all heard it. Yeah, so good. Yeah, so if if anyone's looking for another podcast to listen to, also that's a fun one. It's um kind of serial esque, but it's exactly all about uh, how Richard Simmons just up and went missing. A I gotta of tell years you, that guy and... that guy tells a story so well on that podcast. Yeah, uh, yeah, obviously much 
it puts a lot of pro- production value into it with interviews. I mean, not as much as we put onto this. No, not at all. I mean, come on, yeah. you know, please. We're a whole we're, other we level. are prepared. <laughs> <laughs> but what it says about people that they'd be that, it really, I think the aftermath of this is really interesting because it's showing that something that we no one would ever think would be such a popular topic became the number one podcast, you know, in, in America, if not all over. That's pretty, that says a lot about, I think, the, just the topic, the way it was delivered, I, I was hooked. It was really interesting, really interesting. Yeah. You know, it just goes to show, like if something's well done, mm-hmm. um, it, it can be kind of a, a dumb subject matter. Like, not everyone cares about what happened to Richard Simmons, I guess. But um, it, tell a story. They just tell, <laughs> gotta tell a story. Without, without yeah. requiring audience members to know. Did you listen of, to it, Mikkel? No, I haven't. Oh, yet. I, heard, I gotta tell I've you. I've heard raving reviews. Even if you're just oh, yeah. in the car and you, you know, it, they're short ones. I think they're only about thirty minutes too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Each one. I should um, while I'm just working. And it's really. Uh, or is it, it too distracting? Would you say? No, it's totally when you're driving. Totally easy. No, when you're working. Maybe. Uh, well, maybe because it's it's not like yeah. If you're actively thinking about something, but if you're doing yeah. more production like style production stuff, based, then, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna then keep that in fine. mind. Yeah. That's cool. All right, so we have another amazing listener question show. We like to to do that on the tens, uh, and we've been doing them live recently. But sorry, we forgot to announce the last one, so we're like, eh, yeah, if we couldn't announce it. No one's going to show up, so we'll just. <laughs> oh, is that does that seem pathetic? Like, Should we take so, some? Let's each take a snap. We got to so take a well, snap again, shot. Yeah, yeah. Again, Mikkel, we're insanely prepared, so that's. <laughs> We're nothing if not that. So, um, but yeah, we got another great listener question show. We got something I think for everybody. Yeah. Um, but before we get to that, let's give a little love to our friends over at FreshBooks. Um, you know, what can we say about FreshBooks that we have not already said? We just love them. Um, it's such a great program to use to set up your invoices quickly and easily because who wants to spend any time on that? Best to leave leave that to the professionals. So um, I set myself up with FreshBooks a while back. Mikkel and Nick, you guys have done the same. And, you know, you're up and running within minutes. You upload your logo and it kind of pulls in your your brand colors from your logo and just allows you to make really templatized, easy invoices. You can ask for deposits so you don't have to make two different invoices. You just make one invoice and then click a checkbox saying, deposit please for this one and that goes in and uh you can always check on the status of your invoices to see if they've been been viewed or not and if they have not you can always have them uh you know you can have set up automatic payment reminders Mm -hmm. so that's great so you don't have to worry about that and uh what was the stat they gave us they said that um how fast with yeah with fresh books payments um over sixty percent of invoices are paid within one day oh, right. which is pretty incredible pretty, isn't that pretty great amazing. yeah uh, you yeah. know one thing we've never many really mentioned is just that it's cloud based I always think of this when I have to like revise or or update just a, even one number on a, on an invoice in the past, and you know the next time that client clicks on that link because it's cloud based it's going mm-hmm. to be updated and everything and all your records as well so uh, that was always the one thing I hated about doing it so uh, manually is that when mm-hmm. you make that one change, you got to change it everywhere, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and, and what a good peace of mind to know that when, especially like we talked last week, if you are struggling tax time right now as a freelancer, get on, just try the FreshBooks thing. My God, it's going to make life so easy, you know? Yeah. Totally yeah. worth and it. 
I've been getting more and more emails and like listener questions from Same listeners yep. where they kind of they'll tack on something at the end saying like you finally talked me into fresh yeah. books, so <laughs> oh, which is great. It's good to yeah. know that um people are catching on. It's not but, easy to take the step, the the very first step. It's yeah. it's a whole new ball game to get mm-hmm. used to. So I understand well, the hesitance for sure. It's not hard to get used to. It's just the change sounds like change, but it's you're right. Yeah, definitely change, change for the better, and it does any not change is not is yeah, especially when you're busy. It's difficult. Mm-hmm. Exactly. But it's going to save you time in the long run. So we've worked out a 30-day unrestricted free trial with FreshBooks for our listeners only. So go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how you heard about us section. So again, go to freshbooks.com slash deeply graphic and enter deeply graphic design in the how did you hear about us section and you'll get free 30 days. Uh, Anna, so you can thank us later. Thank you, Fresh Books. All right, cool. On to the rest of the show. So we've got six questions here. Um, awesome. Yeah, we good variety. So we got our first one is an audio question. We love those, and this is from Jeremy Jusso from Scotland. So roll that clip. Hi guys, big fan here, coming from you from Edinburgh, Scotland. My question is, I'm, I've been trying to target very specific um, industries, uh, specifically the renewable energy sector. Uh, I want my company to have some sort of social goal as well. And when I go to these specific uh, industry events, uh, because those are the people I want to meet, I find that when I'm there, they're either there to sell their own services or products and or they're not ready to think about branding at all. And um, when I'm there, people just, they're, they're not really trying to meet graphic designers. And then I have a hard time sort of connecting with them and talking about my services for them. And when I do follow up, they don't really write back at all. So maybe you have some insight on how to target very specific industries a little better. Um, if you want to use my um, uh, renewable energy industry as an example, that would be great. Thank you so much. Uh, big fan. Bye. All right, cool. Thanks, Jeremy. That was awesome. That's a good question. Um, Nick, I think you have some strong feelings about this one. I know. I'm glad to start us off. So cool that he thought of this idea because I struggled with this so many times uh, from my previous years in my agency. I kept going to a lot of these trade shows that I went to for years just to keep up kind of the, you know, the, the relationships with a lot of people and the networking. And I always found that exactly what he said, these people are not there to find graphic design or creative partners for their business, they're there to sell, you know, they don't even, sometimes they don't even want to talk to you. Um, mm-hmm. But I love that he has this um, renewable energy interest. And I think that's the link. If he goes in there and really just tells them, introduces himself, compliment a company that he thinks might be doing a great job and have a leave behind, have something that just says, you know, my company is also very interested in renewable energy and we do graphic design and branding and creative for that. So if you're ever in need of that, I'm glad we met. You know, it's kind of like leave something behind that hopefully when you do follow up, if you made a great connection or an impression, I think that's a great start. And maybe they'll be like, oh, now we're ready. Now we need someone in that zone. And that they're not 
going to these events for that reason. So just use it to make the connection, I think would be a probably the better way to go at it, you know? Yeah. Cause it's no, tough. It's, They're not, it I is. mean, even when you go to how design or these creative ones, those people are there to promote their businesses. They're not there right, to they don't find see it as a networking fest. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So ha- make a, you know what I, I, I go to this thing called the licensing show and it's every year and it's all of the entertainment brands and all of these people that are trying to find licenses to work to their product. But there's a lot of small product companies there that I, that are great potential clients for me. So what I've done is I've made a very specific little flyer with a business card attached to it that has the work that is very much in their world. So when you meet these people, don't sell them, just kind of compliment them, tell them great job, love what you do with the booth. Hey, if you're ever in need of, you know, more packaging design or, or booth design or branding, here's my stuff. And it looks like it, it goes with that industry that you're talking to. So at least you're, Mm -hmm. you're making your, taking your best shot at, I think, hopefully making some connection with them. Yeah, it's a good point. And I think this really comes into play when you have a niche and obviously this guy does. And I think the thing to what Nick, Nick, what you're saying is great. And you're saying going up and just kind of being a little innocuous and just, you know, Hey, when, when you need it, Mm -hmm. here it is. I think it's also important though, to, to really make it very clear that this is what you do. Like you work with this industry. Yeah. I know it frontwards and backwards. And, you know, if you were going to go somewhere else, they may not, know what your you know where you're coming from what your specific industry problems are that kind of thing like do a little salesmanship with it yeah there's a, um, a there's an advantage to you having this common thread with them yeah because that's the thing about like design niches very few designers actually have them like mm-hmm. including me i don't even have have one either but i think that's the beauty part and i think that's the main benefit of having one is for these kinds of events Correct. You know, so you yeah. can go in there and just be like, I, I understand this way better than anyone else possibly could. So, and, and kind of give them a few reasons why they might need your services rather than just when you decide you need it. Like, be like, are you, if you, for instance, if you're doing, you know, web design, like you might be leaving a lot of money on the table because you haven't done this tactic and this yeah. tactic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of, people always, um, they'll exert a lot more uh, effort to escape pain than they will to like go toward pleasure. So if you start bringing up a few things that maybe are, is holding them back that you could help them with, that's yeah. going to be huge. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't know what that would be in that industry, but mm-hmm. you know, you probably have a good idea about it. Yeah. And I think you can tell too, if it's someone with a, maybe they seem like they're there for a great cause and there is obviously, you know, this business or this industry. I've always kind of zeroed in on the ones that maybe look like they need a little help with because you get a glance, you get a glimpse of what they do graphically at these trade shows, right? Oh, yeah, their their background, their their booth, their business card, their flyers. So without me saying, you know, you need help, maybe those are the ones to, you know, go up to your logo sucks. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let me guess 99 designs. No. Oh, no. Of all I'm of sorry. all the companies I've seen here today, your logo is by far the worst. Why <laughs> exactly. not just pull the blunt card? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but see, you say that to everybody, and then everyone feels horrible about themselves, and you got a lot of clients. <laughs> and you're that guy that everyone's exactly. going at the party talking about. <laughs> Who was that guy? <laughs> Can you believe that, Jeremy? Jesus yeah. Christ. Aww. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I hope this answers uh, his question there. Yeah, because, you know, you know it, it's not like he was upset or anything, but I could tell there was a little bit of frustration there. So I mm-hmm. hope that, that was helpful. Yeah, oh, yeah. Just, yeah, exactly. Hopefully you can be a little more, they'll be like, oh, we remember. Or you never know, yeah. man. You make this connection there. Well, a chance to relate. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. it's hit or miss, man. You, you know, it well, is and, absolutely hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And people may not be at these things looking for what you do. But it's also, I think that if you come with the right line, though, in the right angle, they'll definitely be open to it. Like, yeah, and now um, he knows to be one hundred percent prepared for that. And in which, in which case, next time he'll over prepare for that, and then something good will happen. Yeah, (laughs) always how it works. Like in the, the movie Hitch, I think the line is, no girl ever wakes up saying, God, I hope I don't get swept off my feet today. Yeah. And they can say, <laughs> yeah, you can no, say the same no. thing about someone like, God, I hope no one tries to help my business today. Of course. Oh, I love it you that know? you just made a Hitch analogy. I love it. Well, that you know, I, so I know. Thank God for TBS. That... It's always on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I Hitch have I, so much I in have common. To, I have to keep at it and I watch the whole thing. I guess that's <laughs> one of those movies. That's a great point because you're right. They are there for the the hopefully the, their business in the future. So it, they might just not want to spend the time there, make the connection, leave something to follow up with. And hopefully it mm-hmm. makes an impression later down the road. Yep. You know? All right. Cool. Cool. I think we've, we can't do better than that. So the next one is from Teresa. So um, we've been getting some, like some long questions too. So <laughs> we love getting questions. We're Be not, uh, yeah, but um, I, w- We'll say like a few things. So like keep your questions kind of short and to the point because otherwise they're just too long and we have to edit them down too much. And mm-hmm. we're afraid we're going to lose some of the the core content of it. Yeah. And also um, we have been getting a few questions lately on uh, specific uh, podcast episode pages like as comments. Um, it's great to leave comments, but if you're asking us a specific question in relation to that episode – it's actually probably better for you to email it as a, as a listener question because um, otherwise it's too hard to keep track of where all these questions live. So mm-hmm. just a statement to put that out there. So Great. if you want us to answer, you know, probably email it to questions at the deependesign.com rather than put it as a comment on Great. the show, if that makes sense, right? So this one is from Teresa, and this is a shortened version. So it says... <laughs> I'm a graphic designer with a focus on web design, working as part of an in-house creative group for a large corporation. I'm mainly a front-end person, and I typically work with developers to implement functionality and more advanced things that are required on my projects. I can do aesthetics, strategy, CSS, illustration, yada, 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 you name it, all day, but web development is not my area. My company has recently let go of most of our development team, And as a result, my internal clients are looking to me for more and more development work. I'm skilled, I can figure things out, but it takes me a long time to get to the solution, and it's rarely elegant code. I've explained as tactfully as possible that this is not my area of expertise, but the requests keep coming, and I'm doing the best I can since I'm the only resource in most cases. Is this a trend in our field? Do designers need to be both designer and high-level developers now? Or am I being asked to do something out of the ordinary? How should I handle this? Um, Holy yeah, shit. So, That's my yeah. reaction. Mm-hmm. I mean. This seems we, so unfair to me. She doesn't have is. a good supervisor in any way. No. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding me? Yeah. yeah. So, no. I mean, we've kind of I mean, tackled things and, like this in the past. Or you can play but... the card where you're like, sure, happy to do that for you at double the salary. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, money has to talk here. Yeah. If, if she's willing you know, but it sounds like that's 
the first issue to overview. Yeah. So basically, I mean, her company used to have a dev team. Now they're now they've all been let go. So she's kind of mm-hmm. been yeah. left holding the bag with all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, God, that would make me so uncomfortable. It would. Because well, I would can't even do it. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I think you can be a yes man to a point, and then you have to be realistic about this. I totally. Mean, like you're not the squeaky wheel saying, hey, no. uh, boss, this is not what you hired me for. This is not what you pay me for. And I think in a lot of these in-house situations where they're stripping down the art departments, and, and I'm sure some bigwig just thought, oh, it's the art department. They could still do that. Yeah. And yeah. then you got to put, put a hand up and say, they can do everything. You, you know, I would love to look into training for it. I would love to yeah. send me to um, somewhere where I can learn a little bit more yeah. about it. But as of this point, you Assuming you risk willing. getting I you, mean you risk getting bad work. I, I, this yeah, is not right. what you paid me for, and no. I just feel like sometimes a lot of these people that are in those positions are not plugged in to the department itself to know not to aware. make that decision. So you know, I, I don't feel afraid, Teresa, that you're going to be like kind of raising a red flag and saying something. But it looks like you've tactfully done it, but just. Just remember, they and they can't judge you if you don't do a good job at this on your job for that. You know, it's like this is not what you do. Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, I feel ba- I really do feel bad for her. But like, co- instead of just red flagging it, come up with a few suggestions. Like, either yeah. I know someone great you can hire to get someone in here, or t- bring me and let me let me try a course or two. Yeah, and mm-hmm. maybe I don't know. I, I I guess I encourage Teresa not to be shy about this ultimatum approach this just feels unfair to me <laughs> yeah but i mean i am getting that, there. i'm getting that she doesn't know how to say it though the fact that she's writing in yeah because yeah. yeah there's certain kinds yeah. of people that would just say in no uncertain terms hey, which is why it's super helpful for that very reason that you pointed out west kind of maybe do some re- rehearsing ahead of time and and jot down some keynotes and Let's say they react this way. You've got follow up to that. Let's say they react yep. mm-hmm. in, in manner. You know, option B. You've got a reaction to that. You're just completely ready. Yeah, and I I can imagine that she's going to go in, into her boss and say whatever she's going to say, and they're going to say, "Yep, we hear you. We just don't have the budget for it right now." So, but they like, don't pay her the, to worry about it. That's what right. they should be doing. And it's, it's, yeah. it's I just hate yeah. that this is getting pushed no, down to I, her. I like the way that you said yeah. that, Nick. That's a good No, it's point. true I because like it's like when you're in those positions and you're making decisions on who stays and who goes, whatever, that's your responsibility now to follow up for who's missing, not her. You know, so like it's almost mm-hmm. like I, I hate this because that's I true. think my students even hear these like horror stories of places. And I'm like, guys, that's just one place. And it's yeah. and to her point, this is just your place. No, this is not commonplace and this should not happen you know mm-hmm. it's just bad supervision and bad management and I, and I really hate hearing that but she's just got to be positive with it I think if they're already doing this to her then even if she went tactfully and kind of explained it well they could probably still say you know deal with it but she's just got to be careful that they don't they they don't let her go if yeah. she is a little too forceful I know a lot of times when I was a one-man show at a place I remember one of my first jobs and I, they kept, they were like, all you do is complain. And I was like, well, I'm asking for help, you know? And it, I didn't realize until someone told me that I looked like I was always the uh, squeaky wheel guy because I was promised this and this and this, but I didn't get any help. But I know where she's at. You don't want to cross that line in fear of like maybe looking like the complainer and she's not right. You know, 
you you know that and I know that and I bet her boss even knows and, I, and I'm sure that they would ideally want to hire someone. I think the the fact I think you're gonna have to find a way, Teresa, to communicate this to your bosses in a way that makes it a difference to them because sounds like they don't really care that you're not comfortable doing it. Um, What I would do, like if you're, because she uses the line, she says it's rarely elegant code. So um, just saying, I don't know if this is the case, but if it's a website that relies on SEO in any way, Mm -hmm. you might Mm -hmm. say like, hey, my code is probably super SEO unfriendly. Why not? Um, That's not doing anybody good. Yeah. So Uh, not sure if that matters for your company or not, but Mm -hmm. um, something like that, make it, Make it kind of a dollars and cents thing for them. And then second thing would be, you know, ask yourself, how how much do you hate this? Would you be willing to leave over it? And maybe take that stand and say, because mm-hmm. usually I think when people, people would rather just keep you than fire you and, fire, and find somebody else. So if you were to stand up, um, you might. You might keep your job and they might hire someone else. Yeah. Although it could go the other way too. So you kind of have to figure out your situation yeah, and see how way. it's likely to go. Keep yeah. the yeah, keep the company's interest in full priority when you're talking. So this is all about yeah, the company. Don't make it a me you don't yeah. want them to have a, a bad reputation that they're not putting out yeah. good work. Yeah. Exactly. Cuz you just being uncomfortable and it taking you a little longer than someone else to do it, um they may not it sounds like they don't really care. So yeah. Come up with a different argument, I guess. So next, on next week's show, Teresa and her boss are here live. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk to them. It's like the more like Jerry Springer totally. show. <laughs> I would love to. Teresa, you that. are correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Teresa, we have a surprise for you. It's your boss. <laughs> Let's show oh up better. Let's show up at our work with a camera crew and everything. <laughs> love it. Oh, let's well, I do hope it. I made her giggle. That's hilarious. <laughs> Good luck, and let us know what happens for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I um, love to know. All right, cool. So, um, Mikkel, you want to take this next question? Sure, from Janine. Yeah. I'm a web designer and have the toughest time, emphasis there, getting content from clients, especially good content. I know you've addressed client content a few times, but I'm still wondering how you streamline the process while designing a high-quality website. We all know content is queen, and the best websites are built around content, but not the other way around. But when I require the client to provide the content before I start design, it takes forever to actually get the project completed. And often the content lacks clarity and convincing message altogether. On the flip side, if I just build the site and I leave it up to the client to upload themselves, I find it really difficult to actually design a truly effective website. Mm -hmm. How do you make this process efficient, design kick-ass websites that actually convert and develop a good system that keeps things moving forward? I love we this question. We can all relate Jane. with this. We can all relate with oh, this. Absolutely. And I've got a really easy um, thing to say here. Um, so basically, the, I mean, easier said than done, I guess. But I've just, in in my process and in, in the way we do things now here, I do not ask my clients for content anymore. Um, co- copywriting is part of the proposal. Because oh, okay. For several reasons. Because we know that this is going to happen. They're not going to give us the content And um, it's not going to be good because they don't have, they generally don't have, you know, web copywriters on staff. So what we decided when we decided that we were going to be building these like high functioning websites that are really designed around conversions um, that, you know, I've said this before on the show and designers probably hate hearing it, but the written content is so much more important than the design. 
in order to convert customers. They've done so many studies on that where they have just a really bare bones, kind of ugly website mm-hmm. and a really beautiful one next to it. And if, if it's got really good copy, that ugly one always just performs better. So um, again, I know we hate hearing that as designers, but so I, I don't even give clients the choice anymore. I just say, this is what it's going to cost for the copy. Mm-hmm. And there you go. Like that's, that's kind of the only option I give them now. What I do you guys think about that? I, but you still, you still got to get them to give enough content in the discovery phrase to even base the that's easy. copy that, on. We just you know? we schedule a, a phone meeting with them and my copywriter. And, and obviously, if that never happens, you don't move forward. Right. Well, and I, I've never I mean, had any pushback on scheduling that oh, meeting. Of course. Though, but yeah. even, even so, though, like you're saying, even if for some reason someone doesn't do that, you're not going to go forward with anything until that, mm-hmm. that meeting. And to, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it's a great way to say that. And I think, like, in my case, I've been doing the same thing. We're bringing in a copywriter at a point where I can tell in the first few calls that maybe they won't be good content providers. And yeah. I bring that up as a, as a kind of a, you know, in the menu of what we can do. But Mm -hmm. most of them do have this content, and I love being almost a liaison and kind of helping with it every once in a while and Mm -hmm. making crafting it better. But to your point, I think this might be a great thing for Janine is to offer that in your services. Yeah, like and I think that, and and I think the important credit for that too. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the important step is to not even offer it as an option. Like, if they do push back on it, then maybe you can say, okay, well, we can take that out. But the the thing you don't want to say is, I mean, it's optional. You know, yeah, you want to mm-hmm. just build it in. You don't want to say, say yeah, here's gotcha. what it, like partner up with a good copywriter. Um, I love mine now, and you know I, he does quality work, and his his work is is um, written in order to persuade people to take action on the website. Sure. Um, anything else is just going to be a lot less effective, and so it's it's money well spent. But as soon as you can kind of put it into those words for your client, um, they're, they're going to want to pay for that. Yeah. If they have a budget to begin with. And if they don't have a budget to begin with, I just don't work with them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, I think that's a good way to look at it. Add it in as a necessary and then talk about it. If they can say, oh, we've got that covered and you pull it out of your proposal, then make sure you get some t- those, those strong deadlines in there as far as when that content is provided and maybe yeah. give them a template that has to be filled with that content. So you're not, you don't have any missing pieces, you know, just as a way, like I've been doing that as well, where it's like making sure there's little blocks of things that I know always are needed for packaging, for branding, whatever. And it's almost a checklist that they have. And if they're providing it and I'm not going to do it, or my copywriter's not going to do it, that checklist is sent to them to be like, here's everything that's on your end and everything that's part of, you know, your deliverable. Can't do anything until I get it. So It and then, and then a scant nine months later, you've, you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> they approve that proposal, and you're like, "Yeah, I'm on the exactly. like so many other things right now." <laughs> yeah, no, but Hopefully, yeah, but that's yeah. that's good. It's good to kind of come up with um, little blocks of what's needed, and then um, you know, I give that to my copywriter. I used to just let him go, mm-hmm. kind of on his own, but then I figured, then it's I started realizing when when I work with him that um. We need to have a little bit I, – I need to kind of come up with those little content blocks, like you said, of what's needed, mm-hmm. and then he can fill those up. Um, but then there's a lot of times when a client doesn't 
want to pay for an entire website of copy. So in that case, what we do is generally just reuse the copy that's on the less important pages, like, you know, the about page, pages that are not really geared toward a conversion. Nice. But like all landing pages need the the professional copy, you know, anything that's like a product description, um, those kinds of things that where it's important. Yes. Then that's where we, we bring in the big guns. So Good. hopefully that is something that you can do, Janine. Um, just it's changed my process uh, about a thousand percent. So, Good. Good. yeah. All right, cool. Nick, you want to yeah. take the next one? Next one's from Brittany Lang, and she writes, I run my own small design business in San Diego, California. Yeah. San Diego. It's like the craft brew capital of the West Coast now. <laughs> it's also German for a whale's vagina. I don't know <laughs> See, you heard it here first. Yeah. Uh, she has recently <laughs> activated the credit card payment option for her clients, and she's just curious to know, do you give your clients the option to pay by credit card? If so... Do you charge them the credit card transaction fee that FreshBook deducts from the payment? And that's Absolutely. a you can that's great because yeah, that's on PayPal and everything. The mm-hmm. anything. So you guys do that? Mm-hmm. So how so, so what how 3%. do you particularly do it? You put eight percent added when it's gonna be a credit card payment? Mm-hmm. Perfect. Three percent. Oh, three percent. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I was gonna say, wow. Like yeah. where do you, what state are she, you in again? <laughs> Mikhail's wetting her beak on that. <laughs> that's a yeah. So you now is that on there? I'm asking you this because I'm right there with her. I just started realizing this and where I'm seeing a lot. Yeah, if you've got big invoicing, you just get dinged like crazy. It's Exactly. Now, so you, do you put this as a baseline on all of your invoices or only the ones when they are going to do this kind of payment? If um, What if they're mailing you a check? If I know ahead of time. Yeah. Okay. If I know ahead of time. Oh, and then another thing that I used to do without knowing and so that I didn't have to knock on their door and ask, are you thinking about sending a check to my studio or are you thinking exactly. about paying? Yeah. So I would just note at the very base of the invoicing um, if you opt cool. to pay via credit card you know, that's or a, PayPal, that's, um, here's the total. I'm glad that's um, we're mm-hmm. talking that because that's, not, that's something I've never asked up front. It's so funny. And I think that would be part of the qualification too in a way is why not ask up front just to know? Yeah, yeah. you can. How? But if, but if um, sometimes it makes me feel a little bit pestery, and it depends on the contact, right? The contact person with the yes. with the company, correct? So I might just decide to leave it alone, and I just put if you if you send a check to my studio, here's your amount. If you there don't, you here's your amount. Ah, yeah. Perfect. Okay. And if you're using something like FreshBooks or even like PayPal, um, you, what you would have to do almost is you would have to include the the whole total. Because that's what's what they're going to pay online. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so like yeah. let's yeah. say the, the invoice was for it's a, a thousand. Gateway of some kind. Right. So the the amount on the invoice would have to be a thousand thirty. Yes. To cover that three percent. But then you'd have to have a line on there somewhere saying, But if you're just gonna send a check, yes. just send a thousand. Yeah, there the convenience go. is awesome, but you you get dinged. So I um and I this actually happened with a gentleman that has been supporting my business for years. He's a, he's a fabulous um, developer. And I noticed, because he, he had a huge invoice for me just recently, and I noticed that when I paid via PayPal that he did not incorporate that to his invoicing, which ended up being almost a grand. 3, 3% was sure. almost a grand. And wow. he, wasn't, he wasn't billing for that. And so I added it. I, I actually did him a solid and I added it to the next invoice that he sent me because 
he was even a little bit scared to bring it up with me. And I thought the business is business, man, include mm-hmm. everything. Yeah. I, I, we have to have to cover all grounds here. So anyway, not only did it make me look awesome for him to support <laughs> as a business, but it, it's, it all adds up. Oh, oh I love, know? yeah. I, I think the yeah. first time I got the fresh book thing saying we received a payment and it was like yeah. this odd number with cents and everything. I'm like, right. mine, mine are never mm-hmm. like that. And I was like, yeah, I was right. Like, oh, that pesky little 3%. Yes. But boy, yes. it adds up. And it I does. saw it. It absolutely does. It sure does. Yeah. Um, and this, this answer that we're all in alignment with here mm-hmm. for, for, um, Brittany. for Pr- Brittany may be a little bit shocking. So I'm really glad that she asked this question. Mm-hmm. This yeah. is great because I yeah. I would imagine that a lot of people just assume not to incorporate it at all. Yeah. Well, how many times do you go when you're like, if someone says, are you doing debit or credit card? There's yeah. a few places they're like, oh, there's a dollar service fee. I'm like, yeah, well, right, what? Right. You know, so they're right. telling you up front and same way you would be doing it with a client yes. as well. And I love yeah. your choice of saying here, it's, here it is. If you pay by credit card, B. if you pay yeah. by check, it's just 10, it's just 1000 instead of mm-hmm. 1030 right. Like the little convenience store by my house, like yeah, it's a five dollar minimum on a credit card. It's like you bastards! I just, oh, want, my, I just want my Hangover Gatorade. That is becoming like more and more common. It's annoying. Now. Yeah, yeah, you got to buy three. I know. <laughs> well, hopefully that's a good question. A good answer. Yeah, I think um, yeah, it's just so, another issue to worry about with all this online stuff, you know. But yeah, I think it's easy to t- easy to handle. Yeah, it is. Um, and I just to answer for me, like I think I. Mostly I've been getting checks lately because mm-hmm. um, that's the one thing, like getting these kind of more corporate clients, um, that's kind of more their policy. They don't generally like to pay with things with a credit card. Yes. Um, yeah. But then, then you go into like 30 days, you know, net 30 payments mm-hmm. as well. So, mm-hmm. But when I have a client that needs to kind of have a quick start, then I'll give them the PayPal info. But I haven't really um, done the charging them of the fees thing yet. So... But if, if that becomes more common, then I probably will do that. Why not? Nice. nice. Yeah. All right, cool. The next one is from Tracy. And this one is in regards to our mood board episode. So mm-hmm. I like getting these kind of follow-up questions. Yeah. Um, she says, I was confused when you guys were talking about how many mood boards to present to the client. Do you do different mood boards based on a certain component? Mm-hmm. Or what reason would you have to create several mood boards? So if I'm doing a logo project, what would be an example of the mood boards I present be and how would they be different? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I think what she's talking about is when I was talking about how in a web design, like before I start the design, I present two different mood boards to the client. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Basically, it's it's like a pick pick A or B, which do you like better to base the design on? And so they're different because you're giving them two choices of directions yes. to go in. So one will have um, this style of it. Maybe it's like black and white images. Or it's a theme. Um, yeah. Yeah. Black mm-hmm. and white images with red, with a sans serif font. And the other one's got more kind of bright images with uh, a you know, sans serif font and blue text, mm-hmm. for an example. And a different, mm-hmm. you sure. know, and contrasting icons on each. Yeah. And both so, being equal um, success rate. Like you're saying either, uh, either one of these is a great solution but what is your preference? Right. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I mean, in that case, you would definitely, it depends on how many you want to present, but I've found it um, works really well for me to just have them choose between A or B. And then, then based on what, which one they choose, now we can go into the design phase based on 
that set of choices. Yes. Yeah. Do you have anything to add about that? Like in terms of logos, you guys, like I've never really done mood boards with logos, but it's it's such an early phase of the project to just have a narrow down process straight away. It's awesome. So it streamlines it so much. It, It really, truly does. Because I think yeah. that clarifies a little bit better. Yeah, and because that was a, logo, a good example. You're shooting. You're sh- you'd be shooting in the dark if you just gave them your eight yeah. logo concepts. But if you can give right. them two, possibly maybe three, if, if in branding, yeah. I would say that, yeah. f- like you, we said earlier, it, each one of these would be a successful way to go. But we want to know where you feel more comfortable with what you have an idea of what this brand should be. What which one of these matches better? in a way. And it, I, I had this conversation with the client last week where I was saying, guys, the re- main reason we're doing this is so that we as a team are looking at this and saying, here's our check. Here's our, here's our, here's our, our, our focus points. These are our things that when we are two, three weeks into this, we could say, well, let's go back to the, what we loved about mood board. A that was what everyone loved and everyone agreed on would be the r- right way to go. So same with logos. I show, particular brands and logos that I feel are in the zone of what our two themes might be. And you show examples of those and clearly mark specifically, these are not going to be copied. These are not, you know, your logo will not is this is not your logo, but we're giving you a style vibe to say, are you in agreement with this look? And can you, can you imagine it in this style? Mm -hmm. So uh, it's the same thing. It's just, you're showing examples of those things to really enhance what you're suggesting yeah because otherwise like if you're just showing the mood board just to get approval that can work too Mm -hmm. like maybe if i was going to do a web design um and i kind of just i just wanted to show it to the client to say hey are we on the right track with this Mm -hmm. then we would not have to do two maybe maybe then it's just the one yes or no yeah you know and if not what's what's throwing you off about it Mm -hmm. but yeah, so mood boards can be pretty helpful. They can be a good way to um, – nice shorthand I, to yeah. get you going in the right direction. I got to yes. tell you, I even this, – this morning it was – we were putting together kind of the first ideas for a mood board. And I had a look and a feel in mind that I could not pinpoint. Like I couldn't even – I was like, I know it looks like this and I was whatever. And I came across American wood type as this style and this vibe. And when the minute I searched it and the first like things of Google images showed up, I was like – that's it. So now I know what my first mood board is going to be for the branding because this, this encapsulates it like perfectly. So I think it even helps us on the, on the flip side too, to be more defined with what we're showing, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Sweet. Cool. All right, cool. Um, so we've got one more here, but I do think that um, maybe we've got some time to do a bonus question after this. So, cool. um, right. so this it. one is from Sean. You want to, Take it away, Mikkel. Sure, it's really sweet and short. This is a short one. We like these <laughs> ones. Would you display your minimum amount you're willing to work for on your website? Um, no. I would not either. <laughs> this might be a really easy, might really uh, quick one to answer as well. Um, why wouldn't well, you? I'm curious why you, why, okay. you, why wouldn't you? I've often struggled with this, especially mm. lately because of this kind of new business model trying to do higher higher value, you know, higher price point clients. So I did think, I did consider this saying, um, and there actually is kind of a version of this on my website now where it says, um, 
when you, people are uh, making a, a qualification call with me, a strategy call, one of the questions is, do you, do you have at least a $5,000 um, budget for this? And that's like bare bones for a website for me. That's yeah. the lowest, that's for like a landing page. And if they, it makes them say yes or no to that. And if they say no, um, then I, then I will email them back and say, you know, sorry, but we, this is, you, you don't have the budget that we require for a project. So we're, we're not going to be able to set up this call with you after all. We say it in a nice way, mm-hmm. but, um, so it's not really saying like, here's our minimum, but it kind of conveys that, Sure. you know, yeah. but I think I'm taking that out. Um, because I, oh, really? I think so, because first of all, it hasn't worked. People are still setting it up saying no. Like you would think mm-hmm. that <laughs> you would think that that question even being there would be like, that is so no. interesting. Are you serious? Yeah. They still try to set up the call with that. And that's, huh. that's why it's, it's not quite working <laughs> the way. Yeah. You know, they think they can work something on you. I guess so, but they can't. So, um, I, I look at it this way. Like whoever you're, whatever you're aspiring to be, think of if that place or that person is putting their prices on their, their website. I, I feel like that kind of, that's the last thing I want anyone to see on there is a price mm-hmm. list or anything. Me too. Um, if you are more junior and really need to show that the value of you being junior yeah, and your prices could help you win a yeah. few accounts or a few yeah. small jobs, mm. I would, yeah. I would, I'd be okay with it. Um, as long as That's it was detailed distinction and there. it showed, but I, I just feel like it would cheapen, uh, if I had mm-hmm. that on there and that's, mm-hmm. if it, if anything, let me, I'd rather, um, verbally say that and explain why rather mm-hmm. than have it be listed on my site and maybe deter someone from like even opening up a discussion or talking. Cause okay. I think we can convince yeah. them otherwise, even if. We just did that last week. I, I, where I, think the, I agree with this distinction. You know, actually. the minimum, he was like, wow, okay. And then I was, I was like, well, I felt like he was on the, kind of on the brink. So I was like, let me explain why. Here's the value we bring. And we, it, it has to be in that mm-hmm. zone because anything less, I, I, would, I would just be, I would be doing a quarter of what I just listed to you. Mm-hmm. So yeah. he instantly was like, whoa, okay. I think we're, we can talk now. So I had a better chance mm-hmm. of explaining rather than I think, anything on your website would do. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it's cool. true. Like the only reason I would ever be tempted to put that minimum on the website <laughs> is just to, is to get rid of those people that I know it's, they're not going to have the budget, but what you said is absolutely right, Nick. Like sometimes someone thinks their budget is down here, but when you get through with them, like tell, mm-hmm. explaining to them why it should cost this much yeah. and why you, why you charge yeah. that much, then yeah. you can kind of see some movement. Um, right. I will disagree, though. I don't think you should ever put your um, prices on your website as a, hey, look how cheap I am. Yeah, that's that's never going to work out. Yeah, that might you. be. Yeah. As soon as we start just competing Yikes. on price alone, mm-hmm. guess what? Then there's 99 designs. It's probably cheaper. Than, like, yeah. you'll, there will always be someone who will yeah. do a logo it's for $5. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Uh, I, I, you know what? We're in the situations where I've. There's a happy I've, medium here, though. Yeah, in the situations that I've basically recommended it to, specifically younger, maybe even still in school or a school or one year out, was mm-hmm. to to um, because they were getting so hit up on by friends, family, and friends of friends and friends mm-hmm. of family, mm-hmm. thinking it was just this like they were going to do a favor for them and do something mm-hmm. for cheap. And I've said, look, 
talk, look about, look about this idea for minimums. And like for one designer, I was even telling him your minimum should be $500. You shouldn't mm -hmm. be anywhere below that because it's like, we were talking about all those factors when we talked about minimums and all that's done for him is kind of in a very smaller way. It's filtered out a lot of the people that were looking for just favors. So he's not at a point where he's, this could offend anybody that's in a bigger budget. And I think he should know when to take that off. I, I, I know what you're saying, Wes, and I totally, mm -hmm. I totally get it. But be conscious of it. Hey, if you build up your business in six months and you're kicking ass and all of a sudden your average rate is $1,200 or $1,500 for a job, take it off. You're, you're doing good, you know? But it might be needed for a few of those people. So they're at least taken seriously, I think, too. For a certain time frame. Yes, correct. And then, yeah, a temporary situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's all just a matter of if it makes sense for you. I don't do have it, it like, um, in the first header on your website, <laughs> you yeah. know, well, $500. <laughs> it's so amazing to me whenever I look like whenever I do a Google search on anything, like anything with web design, the, the top ads, like the Google oh, ads yeah. always say like website for $250. Oh, like God, the geez. price is right in the, um, like the ad headline. Or when it's a sale, it's like lo this weekend only logos yeah. for, I'm like, guys, don't <laughs> do that. Are you, you know? Right. Yeah, well, I these are not. Of, that yeah. is actually, <laughs> on a personal level, that's the reason I've decided to unfollow some accounts the moment I see that. Yeah. Like, mm -mm, we're not in alignment mm -hmm. here. <laughs> There's no fire sale on, uh, on websites. No, please me, so. no. Yeah. All right. And since we kind of have some time left, I thought I'd do uh, one more bonus question. And this one's actually a two-parter. Uh, and this is from Ben Wilson. And it says... The first question is, do longer hours worked in a day truly make for a hardworking designer? Um, and the second part is, how can a young professional maintain healthy work-life boundaries without coming across as a deadbeat to a current or future employer? Um, this is a good one because we were talking recently about, you know, how agency life, there's mm -hmm. no such thing as a nine to five anymore. Like no. so just, it's all about super long hours. So does that make you just like a a hard worker or kind of a chump to have to mm -hmm. stick around work all day every day? Well, hopefully you're in a place that's going to will reward you for that work. I think that's where it, maybe it's different. I know a lot of people who do that kind of grind for year after year without the reward, but then they're afraid to go look somewhere else because there's not a lot of good jobs, so they feel mm -hmm. kind of stuck. But then there's those places that really do reward you for that and make it known that you want to, you want a promotion, make it known that you want to grow within that company and you're not interested in taking off. I think that's maybe that could be the first kind of stage in identifying where you're at. I think is really, that's what you really need to look at first. Yeah. It's you a good, know? good distinction. And, um, Ben did write, um, an earlier draft of this, uh, <laughs> sorry, Ben, I made you rewrite it to shorten it up. Um, cause it was just, it was really long, but he basically kind of goes into more detail about how he's a father and yeah. you know, it's, it's hard to, to see his kids grow up without him, I guess. Sure. And so it, just wondering like that, that work-life balance, that balance. Yeah. And we have designated, I know we've done at least one about yes. about this um have we done an episode life. about this quality topic, of life so. and balance you know how it's a bouncing act mm -hmm. uh, for healthy purposes like how to, how to weigh this out yeah um and you know depending on what you're going through on a personal level at any given time you might be the times might be really rough and i know for me i'll admit it 
I set my alarm stupid early so yeah. that I don't miss out when Oakley's up. If it, mm-hmm. if it's temporarily for a good few months or whatever to catch up, if mm-hmm. the money, if if the project's there, and it's a way to just make extra cash, I mean, why would I why would I not do that to help us out as a family for a short period of time? Yeah, but it, it, I guess the the question really is like if it's going on forever and there's no, no, no. end in sight, that's not healthy. That might be the yeah. time to start thinking about another job. Right, you gotta yeah. you gotta be honest with yourself Does, about. Did Ben about say where he lives? Uh, let's look, let's look that into that more curious. Oh, it's I so do, long. I'll give you, I'll give you a little, sto- <laughs> I'll give you a little, a little story if you want to look in to see where he's at. <laughs> okay. But, um, just to show that there are good jobs out there. And I'm, I struggle with this because I try to help all my grad students looking, networking, finding, and one of them found a fantastic entry level job. He wrote me and just was basically, and the, I just want to show that these exist. He gets, mm-hmm. he got his medical got his dental and vision. He gets mm-hmm. free lunch up mm-hmm. to $55 a week. They have an on-site gym, free snacks, unlimited drinks. It's like an Adobe CC to use at home plus an iPhone. And this is entry level right out of school. And like this place, I even, so I got a call from their recruiter to, as a recommendation form. They are, I looked them up. It, it's so nice to see that there is a place that totally values the creatives and they can come in and, and be taken care of really great. And I think that's a smart thing to that's do because so cool. you're going to get the best employees out of that. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, they're, they're, they took them out to lunches first day. I'm like, and I, I kind of laugh too because I go, man, thinking back years ago, that's what happened anywhere, right? People were – you had a welcome party. It was like, you, you know, people, there were benefits. But those are slowly being stripped away from all of these opportunities. So I'm I'm just so happy that one he got it and two it shows that these jobs do exist. So if this if Ben's kind of struggling with it, you know, test the waters a little bit, see what's out there, and there might be a place that really treasures having great talent and hard work. You yeah, know? and doing some detective work. Uh-oh. He didn't say where he's from, but <laughs> the nine five two area code look yeah. turns up uh, Twin Cities of Minneapolis St. Paul. Ah, so there you go. Okay. Um, yes. I think they. I think they've got a pretty thriving. Oh yeah, uh, you know, design is, community there. So it's kind of amazing. Go yeah. to go to Duffy Design Group. Get a job there. <laughs> Maybe that's where he works. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I that they're. I, I'm saying that's like the place. I, I and I know they're there. But I, I think that it shows there's a great, uh, there's a, um, a thriving creative business and design business out in that area. So yeah, God, and man, w- when you look, feel undervalued, you know, like. I, I can't stress this enough. Like I run into this so much with people where they kind of, they don't like their jobs, but they're still kind of afraid to go to like go anywhere else or to look, well, I think they'll look, but I don't know. I, yeah, I think just don't sell yourself short, man. Like if you're, if you're good and you have put it, paid your dues and it sounds like you've been doing that. Um, and if they're still abusing you, then it might be time for a change of scenery. So don't, mm-hmm. don't think you don't think it's out of reach. Yes. You know, yeah, that's it's true. I think they're still out there, and you got to kind of find that place that's gonna love having someone like you and promote you and do good things for you. Because I don't think anyone wants to be, jump around from job to job. I think that just happens when it's not good. Yeah, and you it's know? not like it's not like we're living in an era anymore, like our grandparents, where you got a job and you stayed there till the day you died. I mean, yeah, it's everyone changes jobs every four years. Mm-hmm. It seems like so. Um, you know, and to answer your question, I, you you absolutely can maintain a healthy work life boundary. Um, 
And it, it's a matter of where you work. Like Nick was mm-hmm. saying, last proper job I had, um, it was in-house for a big company, but it was, they, they treated like, they treated us so well, like the opposite of what you're saying, like to where at a certain point they're like, yeah, we're just all taking Fridays off now. Exactly. You know, like works, work the core hours, but other than that, just get your work done. Um, I know agency life is not typically that way, but, but there's more yeah. to life than agency life too. So, but yeah. And Hey, if business is good and you're the reason you're part of the reason for it. It should be rewarded. And I think you, you, what you mentioned is a great example of when companies do that. It's like, yeah, guess what? You worked, you put in 80 hours last week, the whole team. Guess what? We'll have Thursday and Friday off next week because we can. Like, you, yeah. you know, it's like that, that the, uh, the companies and these owners have to kind of start understanding that. And um, I, I wish that, remember the trend probably about 10 years ago when like Nike, probably even Google in its first few years were so, ri- it was written about how great of a company they are to work for, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I just think maybe that kind of has to come back a little bit when, you know, I, Maybe it's because there's so many smaller companies now. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. that could be why. I think a lot of these companies are small and don't know any better. Indeed. Yeah. All right. Cool. Best of luck to you, Ben. Hopefully, yeah. you find something good or at least uh, change your situation. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, hate to see that happen for long term. Yep. Um, all right. Cool. Good listener question show, guys. Yeah. Um, Want to keep? You know, can. Ha- Want to keep you guys sending in those listener questions to questions at thedeependdesign.com. And, uh, you know, we love the audio ones. And I have gotten a few emails where people are like, I wanted to send an audio question, but didn't know what the phone number was. There's no (laughs) phone number, guys. Just get out your microphone and make an audio file and email it to us. That's all it takes. That's all we need. Same email address. Just send it as an attachment. Dropbox link. Anything you need. Exactly. Get it to us, carrier pigeon, whatever you got to do. <laughs> or on Or come to the DGDC Twitter. studios. <laughs> yes, exactly. The studios. So uh, go to, or, or you can ask a short one on Twitter just using the hashtag DGDC. All right. Um, and follow us on Instagram at deeply, gra- yep. deeply graphic. Yep. I always right. forget that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> that's the one. And on uh, Facebook, and on LinkedIn as well. Do you guys have any um, any links you want to throw out there where people can find you online? A jelly. Oh, I just remember that we were going to give like mini shout outs. Oh. And designate like a person that, remember? We can do that next time. I think we kind of did between the uh, the Netflix thing and the missing Richard oh, Simmons. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll keep that in mind for next time. Because yeah, I've got yeah, one too, but... um. Yeah, I, I just think that it's getting really redundant to note where people can find us online. Yeah, but you know that's people we may not listen to every we episode. Just, we could just shorten it a little bit. Yeah, if you guys don't want to anymore, we don't have. Mm-hmm. You can just skip that part. That's fine. I think it's okay every so often. For yeah. Sure. Okay. All right. So no links this week. <laughs> Mikhail is going incognito. Yes. <laughs> so just stick to the Instagram and the the LinkedIn and the Facebook for now. All right. Um, Keep designing. Catch us next time on the Deeply Graphic Design Cast.